All right. Acts chapter 28. <clears throat> Almost done with the book of Acts. One more message after this, and we will be, Lord willing. Anybody remember when we started the book of Acts? What was that? <laughs> October of 2017. Yeah, it really didn't seem that long, but I enjoyed it. Some of you smart Alex, so... You're probably the one that called Bernie Sanders. <clears throat> I'm still mad about that. <clears throat> I just think it's interesting when you just mention his name in a message and then that afternoon you get a call from the Bernie Sanders campaign. That makes you nervous, doesn't it, Frank? To think some character called. and Anyway, <clears throat> so... I, uh, last week we, we went through chapter 27 and I titled this, uh, Paul's fourth missionary journey. Some might not say it's a missionary journey, but I do. I think that, uh, Paul, uh, wherever he went was always sharing the gospel and, and talking to people and, and he had been, uh, uh, wanting to, uh, see the people there in Rome. And so, and God had, had already told him that you will go. And, and so we saw that beginning of that journey in chapter 27. And we saw the, the storms that, that he faced and the shipwreck. And uh, that's, that's where we come into here in uh, chapter 28. And so they're on their way. Uh, the, the weather has been bad. It's, it's into wintertime and the the seas are not as uh, um, predictable as they are during the summer. And so they had uh, gotten to a point where they had actually given up hope and thought that they were going to die. And God had uh, spoken to Paul, and Paul had encouraged them and told them that uh, they were all going to live, but they were going to lose the boat. And then that's exactly what happened. And so they uh, all swam to shore, and the boat was destroyed. And so that's where we get to chapter 28. And in this, we're going to uh, look here in chapter 28, a little bit of the opposition. Uh, Satan is always busy in trying to uh, hinder the work of God and, and constantly trying to uh, stir up those that are, that are doing something for God and, and walking in the the power of the Spirit, and so the, the devil is always after that. The devil was constantly, I'm sure, after Paul in the battles that he had done in uh, sharing the gospel and, and going into places where they hated him and, and still uh, seeing the success of the, of the Word of God and how, how God always uses His Word and how we always need to be encouraged by that, and, and even in our society and uh, you know, the, the political realm today can, can be so upsetting, and, and you see the, the direction that our country is going, and, 
And uh, I'm not saying that we set out. We, we still need to be a patriot also. But uh, first and foremost, though, is we need to be a firm believer and, uh, in Christ and, and uh, in our faith. We need to be willing to share the gospel and, because truly the only one that's ever going to change anything is God. And it's God's word that the Holy Spirit uses, and it's the word of God that is the hammer that breaks the rock, and as he tells us. And so we always need to be out sharing the gospel and, and encouraging believers and, and uh, uh, sharing our faith with those around us. And that's what Paul had done. And so in doing so, uh, his number one enemy was Satan himself trying to, to hinder that and and I believe that there was constantly an oppression there trying to uh, hinder Paul, and, and we still see that uh, in this. And, and Saul, or Paul had uh, gone up against the religious realm, and, and we know that Satan was uh, uh, very powerful in the, in the uh, uh, staunch religions of the day, and, and so they hated him, and so that's why he's on this ship uh, having to go to, to uh, Rome to defend himself. And so as we get into this, we're going to see some of the tactics that the opposition uses and, and the enemy uses. And one of the first ones is the false impressions that uh, he can give to people. And it says in verse 1 through 6, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita, and uh, Malta today is, as we know it. And so we're a little bit south of, of Italy now. And, and the, the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. And uh, uh, the, the barbarous people are those that, that spoke a language that they didn't know. And, and so uh, not necessarily, you know, some uh, uh, island tribe, however it could have been, but uh, it was a group that they had a barrier there because of the, uh, uh, the, the language barrier that was what was going on. And so that's how they were described. And showed us no little kindness, and they were, very gen they were very generous and very hospitable when they landed on the island, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. <laughs> I was reading this again today, and it just, it just made me cold thinking about it. You know, I, I mean, the, the, the water, you know, rushing up against the shore and uh, cool weather and the rain and and you could just almost feel the coldness that was there. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And so here was Paul being what Paul was. He was still a servant, and, and he was out helping with the, the uh, uh, gathering of uh, sticks for the fire. And while he did that, it tells us that a viper came out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. And uh, a viper was a poisonous snake, not just a snake, but one that was poisonous. And I was watching a hunting video today, and these guys are, are uh, bow hunting deer in, in Mississippi right now, and a guy almost stepped on a cottonmouth in January. I, I don't ever care to go to Mississippi. I, I, you know, those nasty snakes are hanging around in the trees and in the swamp, and you drive by on a boat, and they're falling out of the trees, and, you know, it's like... Mississippi, we should just sell it and trade it for something else, you know. I'll just get rid of that. But anyway, you know, and, and here we see that, that he was bitten. And, and now we start seeing some of the, the false notions and, and the, the false impressions that they have. So, and, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said in, among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer 
whom though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And we know now that as we've looked at the book of Acts and, and we understand the, the sign gifts that were given to those disciples and, and in the, that, that uh, special time of, of uh, uh, history in our, in our church and the gospel message that, that uh, God was uh, giving them some, uh, some miracles that they could do to show the authenticity of the gospel. And, and here we see that that is part of that. And, and it's also not only that and, and thinking of, of, of the, the showing that the, the gospel is authentic, but, but also it just shows me that, that God had promised Paul and said, Paul, you will testify for me in Rome. When God said that, Paul was the safest man alive. There, there's no one is going to be able to, to, to stop what God wanted done. And, and, when, and, and we ought to remember that and, and know that when we are in the center of God's will, we're exactly where we need to be and we're as safe there as we'll ever be any time in our lives. And how we need to, to make sure that we stay right there in the center of God's will. And, and here they are. They're saying, oh, he's, you know, he's not going to make it now. And, and we know that uh, uh, he's going to die. And, and so they're, they have some impressions about uh, who he is. And, and you know, there, there are always those that are, that are making accusations. And they're always, you know, thinking that they know everything about what's going on in our lives. And, and uh, we know that they don't. And we know that we just need to continue to to uh, serve God and, and here, I'm sure they wasn't looking at him with much respect at this time and, and they may have even said something to him and, and uh, was pretty rude about it and you know, it, it doesn't matter and, and I, I was thinking of a message that I read about this and, and uh, it's pretty topical but uh, the title of it was Shake It Off and because it says that, that it fastened on his hand and they they saw this, and then verse 5, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit, they looked when he should have fallen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. So here they are. They're, I'm sure they weren't uh, very nice to him, and they probably reviled him a little bit. And, and you know, we just need to, and, and, and that word harm also has the idea of, of evil or bad. So it's not just a, a harm physically, but also the, the uh, other issues that could come with that. And, and I know it spiritualizes it a little bit, but you know there are times where, where we're bitten and we just need to learn to shake it off. There, there are times where, where that, that viper comes and latches onto us and, and whether it you know, some of the things we looked on Sunday, slander. We have people that have been slandered. We have, we, we have broken relationships where people are saying things about each other that, that aren't true. We've had things said about our church family. I've had things said about me. You've had things said about you. And, and, and you know, there are times where you just have to shake it off. And I, I remember I, I read it this week. I've, I've actually read it two or three times. Everybody likes to post some things. But Winston Churchill had had made a, made a statement, you'll never get where you're going if you stop and deal with every barking dog. And, and, and you know, you just need to, you just need to learn to, to just 
stay focused on, on what you need to do. And I thought it was interesting. I mean, here's Paul and, and, and Satan doing another thing, you know, and, and a viper. Imagine that, you know. And, and so a uh, snake comes out and bites him and thinks, man, I just foiled God's plan. And God said, no, you didn't. You, you can't harm my man. I, uh, I said that he's going to Rome. He's going to go to Rome. And, and Paul, all he did was he just shook it off and moved on and went on. And, and what a blessing that was to see. And, and we need to remember those things. And uh, Matthew 5.11 says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So here, the, and then we go on, and, and then they, they see that no harm is done, and then they turn around and change their mind and say, oh, he, he's not a bad guy at all, he's a god. Now you remember that that also happened over in, in Acts chapter 14, and, and uh, it was in Acts 14 where where I believe that uh, uh, Paul healed a man that had never walked. And uh, he, he goes in, and, and God giving him that power, and, and uh, he uh, healed the man, and, and uh, he said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of uh, Laconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands under the gate, would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, why do you do these things? We are also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that you should Turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. You know, something that, that always marks a false prophet also is that a false prophet is always willing to take all the glory that's not his. And, and here Paul was one that, hey, you don't want to do that. And, and, it, and it doesn't record it in this situation here, but, but I'm, I'm certain that there was more said than, than what God saw that he needed to record in this. He already has another one where Paul has shown us that God always gets the glory in whatever we're, we're a servant of God, but God gets the glory. You know, there, there are times where, where I do believe that, that preachers fall into a trap where, and, and we see it a lot today in, in our culture where these guys want to be some kind of a rock star and, and people are looking to them and thinking they're the rock star and, they, and they're, they're, setting the, you know, they're, they're setting the new culture and, and, they're, and they're trending things. And you know what? God... God deserves all the glory, and we deserve nothing. We deserve only hell, truly. And God deserves all the glory, and we always need to make sure that we deflect the glory. And here, that they, another false impression is that Paul was something that he wasn't. Paul was a servant and a man just like us. 
God used him greatly and God protected him. But what God did for Paul, God does for us today. And we need to trust him and live for him and and look to him and, and understand that he's the one that that we serve. But then we go on and 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 prove your faith. And and here we see that what did he do in the same uh, quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island. And, and so in this region where they were shipwrecked, this there was a man that owned the fields and, and owned the land in that area, and, and his name was uh, Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. So he stayed with him. He's the leader, and he stayed with him for three days. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux. He had dysentery to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Remember, we don't have that today. If God wants to heal someone, God can heal someone. And we have these guys that get on TV and and make a show of all of that, and and, and one day God will say, you're not not going to mock me any longer. And, And we need to understand that, hey, God is in healing. And I truly believe that. And I believe that, that God can heal anyone that he wants to. And, and I know that Heath dealing with the battle that he's having, that if there's a day comes and God says, you know what, I, I want Heath to live to be a, 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 an old man. And, and I always read that ever, ever since the things with Tyler. I always go back and, and I read about Abraham. And, and in Abraham's life, it says in that Abraham lived to a ripe old age and lived to be an old man, and, and enjoyed his family. And, and look, if, if God wants that, God can do that. And I pray that he does. I pray that he puts his hand on him and, and gives Heath many years. We don't know what's, what God can do, but we need to trust him, and we need to look to him. And, but here we see that, that we still need to prove our faith like Paul did. And, and here he, he heals this leader's uh, uh, father and and then it says that, so when this was done, also others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed, who also honored us. And, and us seems to be uh, uh, talking about Paul and, and, and Luke and, and uh, uh, Aristarchus, I think, was the third guy. That the other, and Aristarchus actually lost his life uh, about the same time as Paul did. Later on, and that seems like who they're talking about here. That that uh, they they honored them with many honors, and when we departed, they laid at us with such things as were necessary. So they gave them all kinds of things. And and here we see that here is Paul, a prisoner, and and already when when he was getting ready to 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 land, and and the ship was being torn apart, some of the soldiers said, "Hey, we need to kill the prisoners so they can't get away." And and the one centurion who liked Paul said, no, we're not going to do that, and, and saved his life. God could have done it some other way. But, but here we see, you just think about all the issues that Paul was going through and could have been mad, could have been bitter, could have hated the Jews and, and could have hated the situation that he was in. And instead, here he is, he's, he's, he's there with everybody else, he's going around, he's gathering wood to help with the fire, he's serving people, he, he hears about the leader and, and the leader's dad who has the, 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 the sickness, he goes to him and, and through God's power heals him, and then here he is, the, 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 
uh, prisoner, and, they're, and then they're bringing everybody to him, and, and, uh, and there he is. God's using him, and they're, they're being healed. I think it's amazing. I think that his, his life from the time that he got saved was just showed us such a different mentality than, than even what we have today and, 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 and how here he just, he just served others. He just served them. And, and we see that God blessed him in that and, and, and even in dire situations like this. And, and then it says, and after three months we departed in a ship of Alexandria which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor and Pollux, the twin sons of Zeus. And so, I mean, even the, the ungodly vessels that he was on, the ungodly sailors that was around him. But can you imagine, can you imagine those men that, that had been traveling with Paul, and Paul had said, hey guys, you need to pay attention here, that, that uh, we're all going to live, but you're going to lose the ship. And and you need to stay on this ship until we get to land, and we all need to get off and, and uh, be saved that way. And, and they watch that. They watch, him, they watch him get bitten by a snake. They see that he lives. They watch him then. God uses him to heal all these people. And, and I am certain that Paul didn't just sit there and not say anything as he was on that island and, and talking to them. How many of these guys got saved? I, I don't know. I think that you read later, though, that, that in the historians, that, that even when he was in, in prison there in Rome and before he died, that even family, well, we know that from some of the other books that were, that were written, too, that some of even Nero's family was saved. And so here he is just continuing even in bad situations and telling others about Christ. And, and so here they are, they're on this, this boat, and Landing at Syracuse, we tarried there three days. And from thence we fetched a compass and, and came to Regium. And after one day, the south wind blew, and we came the next day uh, to uh, Petul- Petulioli. Petulioli. <clears throat> that place. <laughs> I'm not Italian, all right? We <clears throat> and it was there that where we found brethren and were desired to tarry. They, they, they urged them and exhorted them and, and, and was asking them to, to tarry with them seven days, and so we went toward Rome. How, how many times through this book of Acts ha, have we seen, especially when we start dealing with, with Paul's life, how many times do we see where Paul was encouraged by other believers? Those that, that want to tell us that, that there's no need for a church have no idea what a true church is about. Because God has shown us that, that we are not an island of ourselves, but that we do need each other. We need to help each other. We, we need to be there to pray for one another and lift each other up. And, and as I said, weep when they weep and rejoice when they rejoice and, and, and exhort and rebuke and you know, and, and, and help each other along the way. I mean, we need to be willing to do that. And, and here we see that, that, that once again, we have on this trip, second time even on this trip, where Paul's been encouraged by other believers. And they stayed with them for seven days and then went toward Rome. And then, uh, this is amazing. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, 
They came to meet us as far as Appi, Appii, Appii, yeah, Appii Forum, and the three taverns. And no, it's not like the Queen's Lounge. The tavern was a was a shop, and it was a marketplace. And so, you know, I could I could see some rock and roll uh, superstar preachers say, "Yeah, let's all meet at the tavern because it says that." So, but the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. But that Appii Forum was, was a market, and it was 43 miles from Rome. So there were people that had heard that Paul was coming to see them. Or well, he was coming there to go to, you know, in front of, front of Nero, but uh, Caesar. And, and so, but they were so excited about it that they leave Rome and they go 43 miles, and then some of them meet, him, meet up with him at the Three Taverns, which is another 10 miles closer, so 33 miles. They go just to meet him and walk with him. I and mean, think about the encouragement that that must have been. And, and, and then, not only that, but then it says, and when, he, and when we came, or the Three Taverns, who when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. So here's this group of believers that came to meet up with him. And when we came to Rome, so now they're walking, they're not on the ship, they're, they're walking and they're on the Appian Way, and the Appian Way is the place where all of the soldiers and, and those that were serving Caesar, and, and so those centurions, those leaders of the army, they would, they would ride along the Appian Way as they're coming into Rome, and, and it says that the people would come out to greet them, and, and they would throw flowers along the road, and they would give him a victorious welcoming in as he was coming into, into their city. And, and here, it's just amazing to me that, that in this, God knows that this is the, the final years of, of Paul's life, and, and, and here he is coming to those last times where, where Paul's days are going to be over, and, and here are the people, they come, and they are walking with him, and they're celebrating this time, and, and it's, it's just amazing to me, and, and gives me such a sense of peace where God is saying, Paul, Paul, you're doing exactly what I want you to do, well done. Well done in finishing your race. Well done. That's why later on in, uh, in Philippians, Paul would say, you know, forget those things which are behind and press forward to those that are, that are in front of us. And then, and then he says in 2 Timothy, hey, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And oh, how we ought to do that and, and understand. And, and I, just, I, I just think that, that with, with those that were welcoming him and they were walking with him, I just think that, that God was just giving him some praise, that God was pleased with him. Not looking for those men for anything other than, than fellowship and friendship, and, but God using that to help them. Oh, I think God does that in our lives all the time. I think there are times when you just need a kind word and out of nowhere somebody sends you a simple text or a phone call or a brief visit. They just come by or they talk to you or, or a card that you receive in the mail. And it's just exactly what it is that you needed at the time. And here I see that God did that for Paul. And so now we're in Rome. We'll pick this up, and we're going to finish it up next week, but, and, and we'll see what, what happens here in, in some of the descriptions of, of uh, the, the battle that he has even while he's there. 
but we see how God uses him greatly. And, and in the world's eyes, you think, man, he is in a bad situation. He, he's in jail. He's, you know, he's got a soldier with him all the time, and he, and he doesn't have any freedom, and God uses him greatly even during that time. So whatever the situation is, I know that God wants it for the best for each one of us. We need to look to him, and we need to serve him. And then one day, I just look forward to the day when this life is over, and we truly see God for who he is in all of his goodness, in all of his glory, and we just are finally get the rest from this wicked world and, and truly live in the, the perfection of our Savior. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Paul's testimony. And I pray that you bless us and guide us and help us, Lord, to be a witness and a testimony to those that uh, we come in contact with. Pray you take us home safely tonight. Use us, Lord, and bring us back when the doors are open. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.